some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Just when you thought I was out, he pulled me back in. Oh, and please don't make fools of yourselves and embarrass yourselves pointing your accusatory fingers at me for corrupting him because I assure you it's him corrupting me let me ask you a question what happened to the thank yous and the appreciation through all the selfish executive decisions through life threatening illnesses this man delivered I'm gonna tell you this one time so that you get it through your thick unappreciative skulls ladies and gentlemen my name is Paul Heyman and I serve as special counsel to the tribal chief your raising defending undisputed universal heavyweight champion Roman Reigns I'm a man of my word I did exactly what I said I was going to do at Payback. I signed the contract, I wrecked the fiend, I wrecked the monster, and I left as the universal heavyweight champion. And at Clash of Champions, I don't care who I face. Feed them in and watch them all get slaughtered because this is my island. And when you have this kind of power, all you got to do is show up and win. Believe that.
Hello, good brothers and good sisters and hoops all around across the nation in a world where NFL football players have their girlfriends expose them on talk shows about pooping on each other <laughs> uh, in a world where we can't figure out right from wrong and in a world where we're about to have football back. Welcome everybody to episode 222 of the Hoots Podcast. It's Thursday, September 10th, 2020. Glad to be back here on the program for you guys this week. My name is Joshy Lopez. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast, Instagram, Joshy Lopez94. Make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. I want to give a big special shout out to my mentor, Jonathan Hood, for having me on uh, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday for the last three weeks. It's been a lot of fun recapping these shows and shooting the shit with Jonathan. Uh, me and him have good chemistry on air, and I really, really enjoy having the conversations with Hoodie when we talk about wrestling. Not just because he's my uh, mentor, but I really feel like the conversations we have is very nuanced. Uh, Hoodie comes from the 70s and 80s. 80s era of professional wrestling I come obviously from the late 90s and early 2000s so our perspectives mesh well even despite our age difference so I uh, just want to give a special shout out to Hoodie for um, bringing me on his shows and I'm always down to do it and I love talking wrestling with Hoodie so and I love talking to wrestling with you guys as well so for those who are watching or listening to this podcast for the very first time I just want to say thank you you could subscribe to the Hoots Podcast each and every single week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast from. Uh, like I mentioned, I'm on Twitter, so if you want to interact with me, you can at the Hoots Podcast. And more importantly, for those good brothers and good sisters who listen to the podcast each and every single week, I want to say thank you for the continued support. And let the world know what you think about the Hoots Podcast. You know, leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps expand the reach of the show. And when you subscribe, you basically never miss an episode. You don't have to resubscribe. You don't have to re-download things. It just pops right into your feed. No cost of anything. I don't have a Patreon account. I'm not going <laughs> to force that upon you. We don't even have merchandise this is a, a podcast this is a life podcast this is a hoots podcast this is a podcast about brotherhood i'm coming here expressing my love and passion for professional wrestling and honestly <laughs> when i woke up this morning it, it, i'm 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 in a bind right now because i do not want this show to go into a territory where i'm coming on here and ranting and raving every single week and just losing my mind and just being 100% negative. There's a lot of good stuff in pro wrestling right now that we will discuss throughout this program today, but you see the title of this podcast. I'm not holding anything back, and I owe it to you guys to come on here and speak from my heart and being authentic. Look, I may be in the norm, and if you love AEW, awesome. If you think AEW is the greatest thing in professional wrestling today, awesome. That More power to you. I'm also somebody who watches a lot of pro wrestling companies outside of the WWE. And I'm tired of holding my tongue for a company that claims to be elite. And their company is called All Elite Wrestling. Yet their content resembles a public, as- a public access channel wrestling show. And there's a lot to get into. We're going to start off with the all-out pay-per-view. And then I'll switch it up just so we're not negative the entire time. And 
I'll review all out. I'll get into the Matt, Hart, Matt Hardy conversation, obviously. Um, later on in the podcast, you'll hear from Brett Carter with uh, what the hell is wrong with AEW, and I'll have my thoughts on that because that, it's an added layer to it <laughs> with Dynamite last night as I'm recording this on a Thursday. So, we're going to start off with the pay-per-view. We'll mix in WWE as well. But I also want to talk about the participants who are uh, competing in the G1 Climax Tournament this year for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, I'm going to make this promise for, to you guys today, okay? I'm coming here. I'm speaking from the heart. I'm not going to scream during this podcast today. I, I don't have the energy for it, nor do I feel it's necessary. We're just going to talk. Because... One thing that I can't stand in life, it doesn't matter if it's entertainment, uh, sports, politics, whatever the situation is, I can't stand people who talk out of both sides of their mouth. I have a very detective mind when it comes to people that talk out of both sides of their ass, basically. And I could sip out a hypocrite (laughs) before you even realize it. And what's really sad about this is that I want AEW to succeed. I do. I wouldn't spend seven hours a week covering AEW along with all the extra stuff I do for the articles and working at my uncle's tattoo shop if I did not care about their product. I do have a writer's discretion to pick and choose what I do and do not cover in pro, in pro wrestling. Have you guys seen me When's the last time I did a Ring of Honor show? Answer me that. When's the last time I covered the Ring of Honor show? When's the last time you heard me talk about Ring of Honor on this podcast? Not saying that they don't have good talent. Why should I watch their show? Why should I care about it? And I'm getting to that point right now with AEW. And... I get it. We can make all the excuses in the world. They're a new company. They're trying to figure things out. Cool. Guess what, folks? It's going to be a year in three weeks. Dynamite debuted in October of last year. It's September. So when we get to this anniversary show on October 14th, I'm done with the excuses. And... I'm glad I'm here by myself to really have this conversation with you guys because honestly, when I saw the premise of AW, like, cool, we get this new alternative company, have a little different style of wrestling. Okay, their shows gonna be TV rated. Their shows gonna be rated TV fourteen, and. You know, that's such a big crutch for wrestling fans. Uh, I guess the only good wrestling shows are TV-14. But I think AEW has shown you in a year that's not the case. It doesn't matter what the rating of your television show if your television show sucks. And I can only speak for myself. This is strictly my opinion. Like I've mentioned a couple minutes ago when we started the podcast. If you love AEW and every single thing that they do... That's your prerogative. I'm not going to take that away from you. But also, I can speak for myself. And I'm not going to jump in a herd mentality just because AEW is the new wrestling company. When you call yourself All Elite Wrestling, I'm expecting something that's over the top than anything else that I see around this country. 
I, I cover New Japan Pro Wrestling. They call themselves the king of sports. I, I cover WWE. It's the biggest sports entertainment company in the entire world. I cover a lot of different brands. So you have to do something to make yourself stand out. And when I watch your product, I don't see it. I see aspects of every other wrestling company that I've watched my entire life of being a wrestling fan. I started watching wrestling in 1998. <laughs> right at the end of uh, the Monday Night Wars, ECW and WCW went out of the way. And I think really the root of my frustration with AEW is that I was told this was the company that was really going to bring change and bring back the competition of the Monday Night Wars. And honestly, it hasn't. <laughs> you, you can look at their ratings. You can look at overall discussion and the overall landscape, overall landscape of professional wrestling. And what's really changed since AEW showed up? Okay, we got new talents that come in from WWE and cut the same promos that every other performer does, which I'll talk about later. What's different about it? What seismic changes really happened since AW formed last year? And with that, I go into All Out. I think it's really hard at times to really take a step back and try to pinpoint what was a great show or what was a bad pay-per-view. Because all companies have good shows and bad pay-per-views. I've seen my fair share of bad WWE pay-per-views over the years. I've seen trends of bad TNA pay-per-views over the years. Objectively, from everything i covered this year so far, last Saturday's All Out was the worst pay-per-view I've seen this entire year. Four and a half hours of bad commentary. Okay, got a couple good matches. I liked Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida. I thought that was a good match. Really enjoyed the John Moxley MGF main event, even though MGF was wrestling as a babyface, but nobody would mention it because nobody can criticize John Moxley, right? Um. For most part, I liked a little bit of the Mimosa Mayhem match, but I thought the concept was stupid. Uh, really enjoyed the FTR tag team title match with uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. But the overall vibe of this show sucked. And let's start off with the root. Let's start off with the biggest thing that went down in this pay-per-view. It wasn't... The fact that FTR, the new AEW World Tag Team Champions, hell, CB Wonder could figure out that they were going to win the titles. The biggest thing that happened on this show on Saturday night was the fact that Matt Hardy, a legend, a guy who's had head trauma over the years, a guy who took a reckless chair shot a few years ago, a few weeks ago from Sam Guevara and has 13 stitches over his head, decided to do a, a spot. In the concourse area of Daily Place where Sammy Guevara spears Matt Hardy off a scissor lift. And it's, the guy's head bounces off the concrete floor. They overshoot the table that was set up right there. And much to my surprise, 
Because we gotta finish the match, pal. Matt Hardy miraculously passes a concussion protocol test in, what, two and a half minutes? Mind you, the promoter of AEW also works for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can anybody on this planet tell me that you could honestly pass a concussion test in two or three minutes? You have NFL players that wear helmets that are stuck in blue tents for 15 minutes when they get out of a play during a football game. I'm sure maybe you'll see somebody tonight as the Chiefs play the Texans tonight, the first NFL game of the season. Maybe somebody, unfortunately, will get injured or have to have a concussion test. And they'll be out for a period of time. I really want to break down this scenario here because Matt Hardy's head bounced off the concrete. He's laying down there for about a minute or so. You can tell nobody's home. He gets up. He's slurring his work. Where's Sammy? I'm going to delete you. I'm going to delete you. I'm going to delete you. He's not home. The referee threw up the X. And we're getting the transition because... By, by the way, AEW has the worst commentary team in all professional wrestling. As much as I rag on Josh Matthews on Impact Wrestling, JR, Tony, and Excalibur lead you nowhere with their programming or their storylines. That commentary booth is a joke. They're going into it and telling you that, okay, we're moving on to the next thing. You know, unfortunately, these situations happen. Accidents happen. You know, it's not ballet. We don't want harm for our performers. Ding, 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 ding. A couple minutes later, we see Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara fighting again. Because miraculously, Matt Hardy passed the uh, concussion test. When when you... It was obvious live on pay-per-view... That he had a concussion. He gets up and they're fighting up this lighting tower. Like this scaffold. The guy is literally shivering and shaking while he's climbing up this scaffold. Because we got to do this stupid 1998 Mick Foley bump through a crash pad for Matt Hardy to win this broken rules match. You know, there's a lot of times when we come on here and we talk about negligence and things that the WWE does and they're not without fault. They make mistakes just like any other wrestling promotion. But if there's anybody on this planet that's going to tell you with a straight face that AEW is without fault from this situation, that they were negligent. Oh, it, well, obviously you would take the, the doctor's advice. It's a Reedside Wrestling Doctor. And I would think that AEW would be better prepared for this situation for the fact that Tony Khan works for the Jaguars. His dad owns the freaking team. You, you, you mean to tell me he can't have NFL, NFL style uh, doctors at ringside for these AEW events? There was no preseason. The biggest thing with wrestling, and I, I always love it when people are like, oh, why are you wasting time watching fake stuff? Um, ask Darren Drozdov, who's paralyzed and can't even move anymore, and you tell me if wrestling's fake. We claim that we care about the performers, and at the same time, we want them to 
do freaking Spanish flies off a ladder through three tables for a cool spot. Not knowing the risks and the injury uh, that could come with these situations. It's just gross negligence from AEW. And it, it wasn't only that that killed the vibe from this show. The show was not a good pay-per-view. But when you have something that's disgusting on pay-per-view, that's even worse. And then to have reporters in my field trying to tell Rebby Hardy, who's Matt Hardy's wife, that they know more intel on his condition than her is absolutely embarrassing. So I want to get that out of the way because that was the elephant in the room. Outside the positive stuff that I mentioned from the matches I did enjoy from the show, tell me what was so special about this pay review. And please, for the love of God, don't blame the weather for this show being ass. Because I've covered bad WWE shows from Saudi Arabia, and nobody made excuses for the performers for those shows. And it was 110 degrees for those events. Ask Corey Graves. It doesn't matter if it's raining, hot, humid, wherever you are. Tell me, your show dictates how good your show is or not. Not the freaking weather. That that may be one of the big dumbest excuses I've seen in wrestling this year. Oh, you got to give AEW all out a pass because it was it was really hot in Florida. No shit. <laughs> I went to a WrestleMania in Orlando three years ago. It was hot. And it was a good show. Oh, let's blame the freaking weather for a bad pay-per-view. Okay, you have the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express matchups. Just all moves. And how did that match benefit any of those tag teams? Young Bucks, outside of Cody Rhodes, the most passive-aggressive characters in all professional wrestling. It, I, I don't know Matt or Nick personally. I'm pretty sure they're great guys. But as wrestling characters, they're phony. <laughs> they're all phony. And that's the issue I've had with AW since the beginning. They don't form their own identity. Now we have to wait a year for them to actually show themselves for who they are. Cody's going to turn heel soon. The Young Bucks are going to turn heel soon. Kenny Omega going to turn heel soon. That was the whole lore of AEW in the first place. A heel faction from Japan, Bullet Club, starting their own wrestling promotions. But the first year, we're going to act like politicians and be baby faces because we got to shoot arrows at WWE instead of focusing on our own content. Tell me who benefited from the Young Bucks um, match with um, uh, Jurassic Express. Stunted Growth? The referee. Let's see what else happened on this shit show. Oh, how about this? I knew exactly the part where this pay-per-view was going to be ass. It was during the kickoff, uh, the pre-show, right as JR made his entrance. And this really pains me because Jim Ross is the reason I got hooked into this stuff in the first place. He goes, he makes his entrance. Okay, Boomer Sooner, get to play the Oklahoma fight song. Fine. He walks to his booth. 
before the pay-per-view goes on air, he goes all out, starts in three, two, one, just like pitcher and pitcher. Oh my god, man. <laughs> I think anybody that's listened to this podcast over the last week uh, last couple weeks would know that I've been mentioning the fact that their transitions into commercial breaks or shows in general are piss poor. What was that? You're starting at a, a pay-per-view and you're talking about picture and picture. And that was before the pay-per-view went on air. And then we get into this tooth and nail tooth and nail match. I love Britt Baker. She's a great performer. Great to look at, obviously. You start a bad cinematic match for your pay-per-view where you could have aired that on dark. What part of you have to set the tone for your second biggest show of the year? Don't you people understand? Casino Battle Royal. Okay, couple cool spots. Couple guys I, I like in the match. Lance Archer won the match, so he'll get a future shot at the AEW World Title. Cool. Awesome. Lance is a great performer, and I want to see more out of him in the AEW. I think he's a great performer. I really do. But we're going to have the spot where Brian Cage puts Darby Allen in a body bag filled with thumbtacks inside of it. Tony Khan, this is not ECW. It's not 1998 anymore. I think we'd be more proactive as far as injury injury prevention for our performers. But no, we're going to have... Darby Allen take a back body drop in a body bag where you can't see his own landing in with thumbtacks inside of it on a rampway. And we're also going to have a BS uh, concussion protocol test for Matt Hardy and have him climb up a freaking lighting tower just to finish off a match with a cold bump through a crash pad. Are you a promoter or are you a mark? Honestly. I don't come on here and try to trash everything with this show out of just for the hell of it or I have a vendetta against AW. This frustrates me. I hope I hope that's coming off as you're listening to this. Because I want it to be good. I do. But you when you call yourself all elite wrestling and your product resembles something I can see on the public access channel. Why should I watch your show? Let's see what else happened on this show. I mentioned the Casino Battle Royal, obviously. And there was like two or three matches I joined on the show. The runtime was, let's see, four and a half hours. I always said time is not an issue for me, but it has to be worth it. And I did not pay for this pay per view because they didn't earn my money. I didn't. I didn't spend sixty dollars on this pay per view. I did it, and I don't regret it because they didn't earn my money for this pay per view. So, four and a half hour show of stuff you could see on TV or dark. 
Uh, match the uh, Bucks Jurassic Express match. Um, let's see. Oh, how about this? We'll wrap it up with this because I, I mentioned the matches I liked early in the beginning part of this review. Jim Ross makes an offhanded comment about Anna J during the eight man tag team match uh, with Dark Order against uh, Natural Nightmares, Scorpio Sky, and uh, Matt Cardona, right? Uh, he mentions that uh, while Anna had a scuffle with Brandy. And he, his comments like, was that a, a wardrobe malfunction or was that wishful thinking? Now look, guys, you guys know how much I come on here and I joke about waterfall and all that extra stuff. But I do it from a comedy point of view. This is your play-by-play guy making a dumb comment during a match for a 22-year-old girl. Guys, Jim Ross is 68 years old. Like I, I could point out who's hot, just like anybody else does, but not during a match, and not in that tone either. The stuff with JR was not the main thing that really bothered me with this here. It was just the overall vibe of the show, and I thought All Out was really a representation of every issue I've had with AEW so far since they started last year. And again, just to make it clear, I want their product to succeed, and I'm still going to cover their shows, but I'm not going to come on here and kiss their ass every single week, just because all of you do, just because they're a new wrestling company. You want to be all elite wrestling? You're going to have all elite standards. I'm sorry. I've seen too many wrestling companies over the years come out and say, we're going to be the alternative to WWE, and then they flop the bed. They No, for a better phrase, they shit the bed. They don't follow through what they say. They make the same mistakes every other, other wrestling company's made over the years, and they don't form an identity. So I'm sorry if I'm coming off too harsh towards your precious AEW, but if I'm if I'm going to be the only person that calls them out on their hypocrisies, fine, I'll be that guy. That's not to say that they don't have talented people. That's not to say they don't have people that I like watching on their program, because I do. But what about their product overall is must-see, is my question to you guys today. What is must-see about AEW? The TV 14 rating? I want to know. I want to know. We'll take a break for AW. Let's transition a little bit. Let's talk about what happened this week in WWE. And we're going to start off with SmackDown this week. Um, in the WWE Thunderdome. The show kicked off with the big dog, Roman Reigns, and Paul Heyman. As you guys heard in the intro of the podcast this week. Um... Everybody's waiting for this moment to hear from the big dog and uh, Paul Heyman, right? And we got what we wanted. Um, Roman Reigns is now a heel. But I wanted to read a couple of lines here from Paul Heyman from the promo. And I, and I really am intrigued with where to go with this because I see Roman's the new Universal Champion. And now we're heading into this match at Clash of Champions where Roman Reigns will put his title on the line. 
against Jay Uso, his cousin, for the Universal title at Clash of Champions. So let me read this really quick, and then uh, we'll get into the other aspects of what I liked or maybe disliked from WWE this week. Okay, here we go. Just when he thought I was out, he pulled me back in. And, and, oh, and please, don't make fools of yourselves and embarrass yourselves. Pointing the accusatory fingers at me for corrupting him. Because I assure you, it's him corrupting me. And why? Why would this happen? Because I was gone, tossed aside, thrown into the shark-infested ocean of obscurity. Only to be rescued, saved, and... Pulled onto the island of relevancy by this man. Reason? Because they did the same damn thing to him that they did to me. Let me ask you a question. What happened to the thank yous, the appreciation, through all the selfish executive decisions through life-threatening illnesses? This man delivered, over-delivered, and nobody bothered to say thank you. Nobody offered genuine appreciation. No, when he needed needed just a little time off, what did he do with his championship? The Fiend? A Fiend is not born to reign as champion. A Fiend does Fiendish things. A monster? A monster is not born to reign as champion, as a monster does monstrous things. Imagine turning on Fox News. We're here with the biggest star in the WWE. How does it feel to be the biggest... Star in WWE. Roar! Great choice for a champion. That's not a champion. Roman's reign as your champion has always been defined by what WWE purports itself to be built on. Family, tradition, legacy, the responsibility of being a champion, and the accountability of owning one's actions as your champion. And that is who this champion is. I love this promo from Paul Heyman. I I really digged it. I thought it was really top notch. Um, All in for the stuff with Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. And uh, Jay Uso defeated Matt Riddle, Sheamus, and King Corbin in a really good fatal four-way match uh, for the main event to earn this title shot. So uh, I'm recording this on a Thursday. I'm I'm curious to see the follow-up for this program uh, tomorrow night on Fox. And I'm I'm really excited to see where they go with this. You know, Jay's getting his own opportunity now as a singles competitor. And I hope he makes the best of it. I'm really, really intrigued by this match with Roman Reigns and Jay Uso. I'm really excited for it. I thought SmackDown was a really good episode this uh, this past Friday night. Uh, you had not only the stuff of Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. But you also had the turn of turns with Bailey turning on Sasha Banks. And look, I make no bones about it. You guys listen to the podcast each and every single week, and you guys know where I stand with Bailey. You know where I stand with this whole thing with Sasha and Bailey as a whole. I'm glad they did the turn. Now, the next question is when. Do we start getting into the matches? How long does this continue? And when do these two finally go in their separate ways and go into different brands? If we're still going to do the brand split. That's the question I have for you. I really enjoyed the turn. I thought Bailey did a great job in it. Obviously, that was the obvious next layer that they had to go with. The next obvious route they had to go to with this feud. 
And I, I mentioned it on Friday. I want to apologize to Sasha because she's reached a level that I just never saw her in. She's just as elite as a draw performer as any other wrestler in the WWE right now. And I want to apologize for Sasha for that. And I can own up to my own mistakes or wrong thinking more, more specifically. So Bailey turned on Sasha. That was a really cool moment. And I thought both ladies, uh, did a great job with that. What else stood out? Uh, I, I liked the match with, um, heavy machinery and against Miz and Morrison. I thought that was fine. And then, um, got to figure out what's going to happen with um, Alexa Bliss now. Is she going to go back to being the Harley Quinn character? That's kind of my thinking of where they're going with that. But you never know. It could uh, switch up at, at a moment's notice. Maybe she does become Sister Abigail. You never know. Uh, so I enjoyed SmackDown for the most part this week. I thought it was a really good episode. And then we go into Monday Night Raw where I thought the show was solid. You know, the show's on a holiday People out with their families. You always uh, hear the old saying, "When it comes, you know, summer's over when it's Labor Day, right?" Labor Day was kind of interesting for me because I I actually like working. <laughs> I don't like being home on holidays. If it was up to me, I would work every holiday. Like, let's say I was hired by a radio station, I would work a long shift at a radio station on a holiday. I just like working, you know, and I wanted to be at the tattoo shop, you know, Monday's usually like two night and God, man, this week was something else with the kids and the twos, but, um, I'll, I'll say that to myself. Uh, but I, I wanted to be at the shop on Monday and it's kind of like a routine I have, you know, you have, you go to the shop on Monday, you're doing your twos. I lay out the format of the raw article. I can't really watch the full show live because I'm just too busy with the tubes and stuff at the shop. So I have it on as background noise. And then when I get home, I do the transcript uh, of raw and I can get into more context of it. So the first tip, uh, takeaway I had from the show was the fact that it looked like Vince was seeing double for the holiday. It was like, you get two matches, you get two matches, you two, you get two, two matches, pal. There was a lot of doubleness on Raw this week. I wouldn't say this show was bad or a horrible episode, nor would I say this was a great episode or anything like that. I just thought this was a solid episode, you know. A lot of times when you get into these week-to-week wrestling programs, a lot of it's emphasis on uh, plot points. So... Occasionally you get a turn. Occasionally you get the 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 moment you're looking for for a particular feud on that episode. But every single week is building up to the next week as we get closer and closer and closer to class of champions. So, okay, maybe there was a loose end for one side of the angle that you're interested in and you're upset about it. But the difference is is that that loose end will be addressed in the following week episode. Sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. I'm not taking that away from anybody. I'm sure people have uh, justified and legitimate complaints on the storytelling process of WWE, and that's more than justified, and that's more and more your prerogative. But as somebody who does transcribe this show each and every single week, I feel like there are consistent and nuanced stories being told throughout this show. I do believe that. By the way, let me just say this really quick. What if you guys see me on Twitter live tweeting 
about fluidity and other just weird turns to express reviews on the show. More importantly, if you ever see me give a star rating for a wrestling match or segments, please tell me to stop doing this. It'll be at that point where I'm not being who I am. Because (laughs) star ratings for professional wrestling shows is the stupidest thing ever. Let me just say that really quick, alright? Let's talk about the stuff I did enjoy on the show, okay? Hurt Business. I am a big mark of the Hurt Business. I've been saying it since MVP came back at the Royal Rumble. MVP has been one of the best performers on WWE television this year. Pandemic or no pandemic. MVP in the Hurt Business is one of my favorite factions right now in professional wrestling. And I'll even go as far as to say that the inner circle, especially Chris Jericho, can take notes from the Hurt Business. What MVP's doing is for the betterment of the Raw brand. And the guys that's obviously in this group. So this week, Cedric Alexander turned his back on Ricochet and Apollo Crews to join MVP and the Hurt Business. Now, do we need the VIP lounge following that? Probably not. We could have hold it off for next week. And I get that. But they did it. And it was nice to hear Cedric speak for himself. And I'm happy Cedric's part of the group with Hurt Business. By the way, I hope Ivar's okay because uh, I saw him. They I saw they got a stinger or something like that when he um, went for a suicide dive during that eight man tag team match. That was a really good match, by the way. But I hope Ivar's doing okay. So I wanted to mention that really quick as well. Um, let's see. I really like the uh, women's tag match. It was Oscar and. My all-time favorite, um, my all-time crush, Mickey James. Uh, the match they had against Natalia and Lana, I thought was pretty solid. Um, what really stood out to me from Raw was um, two things: the continuation of Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton in their program. It was really nice to see McIntyre get a receipt on Randy Orton. You know, Randy Orton did the three punts after, uh, uh, was it SummerSlam? Yes. And now McIntyre comes back with three Claymores. And what's cool about this is the fact that when they had their first match at SummerSlam, neither of them hit their finishers. McIntyre won with a backslide. We talked about it a few weeks ago. McIntyre and Orton now go into this match at Clash of Champions. It's more personal. There's a grudge feel to it. And now, when they do hit their finishers, it'll have more impact and more feeling to it because you didn't see it in their first match at SummerSlam. So... As a transcriber, I'm really excited to see what they have in store for us for that particular match at Clash of Champions. And I think that's going to be a barn burner. I really do. I really like what's been going on with Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. And um, I just really enjoyed that match. Uh, I I really like their program. And I'm, I'm really excited for their match at Clash of Champions. So, And then the final thing I wanted to mention here for Raw this week... Is Dominic Mysterio. 
me and Hoodie had a really good conversation this week about how would you compare Dominic's trajectory to other second-generation performers in their rookie years. And my comp for Dominic was Dustin Rhodes. If you watched Dustin back in the day in the NWA and WCW, when he first started before he went to the WWE, Dustin was such a natural, obviously, that's why they call it the natural Dustin Rhodes. Um, you still get the same vibes with Dominic. You know, the little, like, sliding sunset bomb through the table that Dominic did to Buddy Murphy this week was awesome. I think it was probably my favorite spot of any wrestling match I saw this week because I thought that was absolutely insane. Um, I want to give major props to Buddy Murphy. You know, you want to talk about the whole maximizing your TV time spiel, the, the old trope of you have to maximize your TV time? Buddy Murphy did that. Yes, he did get his ass kicked by the entire Mysterio family and he got all the candlestick shots. I understand that. But let's take that Let's push that to the side for a moment. Let's talk about the fact that he actually got his own time to speak for himself. And did a great job in it, in that talking segment with the Mysterios earlier on in the show. I thought Buddy did a great job in the main event as well, obviously. Uh, I have I make no bones about it. Buddy Murphy's one of my favorite wrestlers to cover on the WWE roster. Uh, I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And... If they ever do a feud with Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, I'm all for it. Because those matches are going to be absolutely insane. So, um, I want to give major props to Dominic, man. Because that that dude is going to be a star one day. Um, we can get into it down the road. Whether he needs a mask or what he can do promo-wise. We can get into that at another time. But, boy, man. I was really, really impressed by Dominic uh, this past Monday night on Monday Night Raw. So um, the question you got to ask yourself for everybody right now is what happens next with Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio? Where does this go? Does does the Mysterio family give Rollins that same beating and they go their own way? Or does Dominic turn on Rey? For anybody that says they don't want to see a Dominic and Rey feud, I think you're lying to yourself. Because they'll deliver. <laughs> I know we didn't get to see um, the Soul Man Rocky Johnson against Rock. We didn't see Ted DiBiase Jr. against uh, the Million Dollar Man. We didn't see Mr. Perfect, uh, unfortunately, against Curtis Axel. Uh, rest in peace, Kurt Henning, by the way. Um, so, uh, I thought Raw was solid this week. Again, this wasn't something I would watch back right there. I didn't think it was like the greatest show ever, or I, I didn't think it was horrible. I just thought it was the show to advance things going forward. And, you know, some of the shows on the holiday, you could feel like it was going through the motions, but I didn't feel like that this week. I, I, didn't, I didn't notice that while transcribing the show. So, that was my thoughts on Raw. Let me take a swig of water really quick. All right. Wrap up this week with WWE with this. If you guys haven't seen NXT this week, you should. I really, really enjoyed NXT Super Tuesday this week. I thought it was awesome. You know, you had the Adam Cole, Finn Balor, NXT title match, which was absolutely awesome. 
Congrats to Finn Balor. He's the brand new NXT champion. Tremendous match. Probably say it's the match of the week I've seen so far. This phenomenal match. We saw uh, Tiffany Thatcher have his Thatcher's Thatch Can <laughs> seminar uh, vignette, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, I made the joke about it on Twitter that somebody should do a similar sketch like that at AW where they show tag teams on, and how to respect referees and hold tag ropes during the tag team match. <laughs> they should do that. Um, but I really enjoyed this uh, show. Uh, you know, we had the real Ripley. Mercedes Martinez um, Steel Cage match is the main event. I thought that was a really strong match as well. Rip, uh, Ripley won the match with the Avalanche Riptide uh, through a table. She won that match, and I thought it was really good action from NXT. Um, by the way, uh, shout out to Tegan Knox, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my thoughts on WWE this week. Really strong SmackDown. I thought Raw was decent, and I really enjoyed NXT as well. So that was my thoughts on WWE this week. Before we get into what everybody wants to listen to, <laughs> as if my all-out review wasn't uh, representation for the most requested segment in all professional wrestling, what the hell is wrong with AEW? Um, I want to talk briefly about the participants in this year's G1 Climax Tournament. And I'm really excited for this, guys. You know, I I make no bones about it. I'm a big fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I think outside of WWE, New Japan is my favorite wrestling promotion right now. And their content is just awesome. And they came out yesterday through the New Japan Roadshow. They announced the uh, participants for the G1 this year. And I'm just going to read it off to you guys. And I think as we get closer to G1, we'll have a longer, lengthy uh, segment on it where I can talk about just my excitement and what matches I'm looking forward to. But I just wanted to read off uh, the participants for the G1 uh, 30th, 30th tournament just in case you guys missed it yesterday. So in the A block, you have Okada, Abushi, Jeff Cobb, Tomohiro Ishii, Will Ospreay, Shingo Takagi, Minoru Suzuki, Jay White, Taichi, and Yujiro Takahashi. And then in the B block, you have Tetsuya Naito, Evil, Kenta, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robson, Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, Toriano, Zack Sabre Jr., and Sonata. I think this may be the best G1 yet. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about this guys though is that I say this every year. Every time I see a G1 tournament, I see who's in the the blocks. I'm like, man, this could be the best thing ever. And then they end up having this awesome tournament. So I'm I'm excited for this. There's 19 events for the G1. Think about that. 19 G1 events. And um, boy, I can't wait to cover that event. That's gonna be well for my own. Well being, uh, obviously, and also just for my enjoyment as a wrestling fan. I'm really excited for the G1. So, um, like I said, when they announce the matches and the tour, and when we can get into a uh, bigger discussion for uh, G1, I'll get I'll do that for you guys. Okay. So, with that being said, we're getting close to the one hour mark here on the Hoots podcast, and. 
I want to get into what people really want to hear. You know, Excalibur always says, the, Dude, this is what the people want. You got to get the people what they want. No, dude, they want you off TV. That's what they want. Okay, so this is what all wrestling fans want and need when it comes to podcasting. It's the most requested segment in all of professional wrestling outside the Thoughts of Jericho, which you'll hear at the end of the podcast this week. It is What the Hell is Wrong with AEW, and we're going to start off with Brother Carter. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. What the hell is wrong with AEW? Ladies and gentlemen, All Out 2020 was without a shadow of a doubt one of the worst pay-per-views I have ever seen in the 30 years, almost 30 years, that I have been watching professional wrestling. Now granted, I will admit I didn't start getting, you know, watching pay-per-views regularly until the WWE Network premiered which I believe was was WrestleMania 30, which I believe was 2013, I think is when that... It was either 13 or 14, I can't quite remember. But um, anyways, that was the... That, but but in, seriously, in the 30 years that I've been watching professional wrestling, this was one of the worst events I had ever seen in my life. Now, I talked about some of the good things in the other segment that I record for this show, so I'm not sure if you've heard my takes on that already. But I will say that by and large, AEW was, or AEW's All Out was absolute shit. Alright. Now let's just go through this. You've got the Casino Battle Royal. You've got, you know, you're going to have some ex WWE person come in because that's what AEW does. That's the only thing that they're good for is bringing in old AE, old WWE talent that didn't work over there. Try to give him, you know, the thing, oh my god, try to get that nostalgic moment, and then it ends up being a complete disaster. It's, it's that, that formula has worked to almost a T. And the WWE folks that they brought in have been mismanaged. By and large, even the top people in the company, like, look what's happening with Jericho now, which we're going to talk about in a second. Moxley's getting better, I will say, and I, and I've said this, I think that John Moxley is improving. And I think his promos are getting every week for sure. And I think if done correctly, he could be, uh, um, an ex WWE guy that works out really well in AEW, but uh, let's think about this: the Casino Battle Royal. First off, you had the segment last week, which was an absolute joke. Getting into this, then Matt Seidel, known as Evan Bourne, comes in, and what's the first thing he does? He botches. I mean, this is a, so. This is a, this is the big guy, right? He's going to be the man, but he comes in and he botches right away. The whole match was an absolute train wreck it didn't really work there was awkward spots there was awkward whatever happy to see lance archer gets the win i think him and john moxley are gonna have a good match but that by and large the casino battle royal was absolutely terrible then you get to the most egregious part of the evening and perhaps the most egregious thing that aew has done in my opinion matt hardy versus sammy guevara matt hardy hit his freaking head on the concrete and they allowed the match to continue. It was blatantly obvious that Hardy was hurt. Like, it could have ended his career. Let's say, okay, so they let him continue, right? What if something else would have happened? And he would have taken another awkward bump. Because clearly, for some reason, Hardy and Guevara just don't work well together. 
I don't know if it's Gavar's fault for being young. I don't know if it's Hardy's fault. I don't know. Um, but I will say that let's say something else bad would have happened and then and Hardy would have taken another bump that could have ended his career or possibly killed him. But yet they allowed him to continue. It's absolutely ridiculous. AEW should be is being rightly criticized for their mishandling of that and their medical team should undergo serious training on how to you know take care of their athletes but uh, that's just completely egregious there is no excuse for that at all and AEW should be ashamed of themselves for what they did with Matt Hardy AEW women's championship match I thought was good the dark order had a typical dark order match I don't really care about the dark order I don't care about the natural nightmares I I don't care about this feud at all as as I've said before um let's see what else the tag team championship match, Kenny Omega, Adam Page, fine. Um, I thought that match, I thought I about that before. That match was all right. Okay. Mimosa Mayhem. Is this what Jericho has stooped to? You're telling me. So this company, AEW, which is trying to promote themselves as a legitimate alternative, professional wrestling alternative to WWE, and they do this crap. Orange Cassidy, I still feel, is one of the... You know, he's one of the, he's got potential. I think if booked properly, he's got a gimmick that works. I really like Orange Cassidy. I think he's a superstar. I think he's hilarious. Him and MJF are the two superstars. MJF is head and shoulders above everybody else in the company, including the veterans like Jericho, Moxley, Young Bucks, Omega, all those guys. MJF is head and shoulders above the rest of them. But this is what, so Jericho gets thrown into a vat of mimosas, right, at a pay-per-view. And this is what AEW says is their alternative to WWE. Seriously? It was absolutely ridiculous. And they could have done they could have done something really special because I think Jericho is trying to build up Cassidy into a I, I hope that they're trying to build up Cassidy into uh, an, a next level talent, but you're not gonna do that with mimosa matches. It's absolutely ridiculous. It was horrible. I hated seeing it, and I hated to see what what happened. What, what, where the direction of Jericho and Cassidy ended up. That was the quote-unquote finale to their feud. I hated it. thought it was an absolute joke. And then John Moxley versus MJF, I think it was fine. I don't understand why they have to bleed every time they have a match. But again, MJF is the, the superstar of AEW. And they need to build the company around that. But they won't because they have to pander to the ex-WWE guys and the indie darlings to try and make their so-called fans happy, happy, and it's not working. Speaking of which, then we get into Dynamite this week. And Miro, who is also known as Rusev, is um, now a part of AEW. Fine, I have no problems with that. I I, I think that um, he's a, gr- really, a great wrestler. I will say that... I agree with with some of the folks that I that on Twitter that he was mishandled at WWE. I, I actually agree with that completely. And I think that Rusev could have been a world champion. He was 100% over with the fans. Uh, I loved I loved Rusev and the Rusev Day thing. I thought it was great. He could have been world championship material. He was mishandled. Agreed, 100%. That being said, what does he do in his first promo? He comes out and directly takes a shot at WWE and said that the brass ring doesn't exist and that the brass ring can kiss his ass or whatever. That's what every single ex-WWE guy has said, almost, when they come into the company. And what happens? Most of them have floundered. Look at Brody Lee. right? Look what's happening with Jericho. And I love Jericho, and I love Judas, but his is declining with the mimosa 
stuff. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's awful. That's again, that's AEW's identity is admitting that they are second tier to WWE. That's not how you build a company. You build a company by having your own identity. I wrote an opinion piece about this on Wrestling Rumors. Everybody should check it out. Just do a search on the website for opinion why AEW is proving that WWE will always be the best wrestling company in the world. And this promo from Miro proved it. And the other thing, last thing I'll say, and I'll wrap this up. Jericho and Hager are now going for the tag team titles. I swear, the inconsistency of the booking in this company is ridiculous. Now we got nothing for Jericho to do, so we're just now going to throw him into the tag team title picture because we got nothing else for him to do. It, really? But you've got these, a lot of, you, you could easily make some of these great teams in AEW because I will say that I think AEW's tag team division has the potential to be fantastic. You got FTR, you got the Young Bucks, you got Jurassic Express. Hell, if you even want to consider the night, you know, the Natural Nightmares with QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes, I could buy them as a tag team. The Gun Family, Private Party, Best Friends. You've got a great tag team division um of uh, the Inner Circle. Uh, Santana and Ortiz, Felix and Felix Jr. and Pentagon. Uh, again, You've got an incredible tag, potentially an incredible tag team division in AEW. Just use that. Don't use Jericho and Hager, who Hager I don't care about, and then Jericho, who should be single star, uh, building up the single stars in the company. It's absolutely ridiculous. The inconsistency of the book is horrible. They can't get their graphics right when JR is trying to promote the show, talking about women's wrestlers when you've got a tag team event on there. Then they quickly flash their women's graphic up, and then they go to the next thing. Seriously. What the hell is wrong with AEW? This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Thank you very much, Fred Card, for that submission of What the Hell is Wrong. With AEW. There's a lot. <laughs> and some people want to acknowledge it. And some people don't. And. You know earlier I was mentioning. You know like. I don't know if I feel like I'm the only one calling out hypocrisies. Because I see sometimes on Twitter. And I have my good brothers and good sisters. Who actually started to notice the same things that I'm pointing out. But it's just this massive herd mentality that they could do no wrong. And anytime bad publicity comes out for WWE, they hop on it like fucking hyenas from the Lion King. But whenever anybody calls AEW on their own bullshit, it's like, oh no, we can't say anything. We gotta make, we have to have a cop out excuse for it. That's not where you're gonna get here on the Hoops podcast. I, I keep it down the middle. You know, there's stuff I like from every wrestling promotion, but no wrestling show is perfect. So, you guys want to know what I thought was, what the hell was wrong with AEW this week? Let's start off with the ending. And not the Brody Lee Dustin Rhodes match, because I thought that was a good match. But, you have your show go off the air for this trailer of this new game show. Just to put Cody over. Yeah, I get it, he's on the show. But Jr. and and Tony Schiavone especially were making uh, making it out like this. This could be a groundbreaking announcement. I thought we we're gonna have a new wrestler signing or something like that, or Cody was coming back, or there was something a change coming. 
but they hyped this up for a wacky ass game show that's having Cody Rhodes as a judge. What the hell was that? <laughs> um, let's see what else. On this shit show. I, I agree with Brett Carter. The stuff with Jake Hager and Chris Jericho is stupid. I don't know who on God, I don't know who I don't know who would really want to see Chris Jericho and Jake Hager at, as a tag team. I'll, I'll throw this out there. Chris Jericho should take some time off of TV. Let's start off with that. Also something that's not worked for me for this show and this company is the stuff with Eddie Kingston, the Lucha Brothers, and the Butcher and the Blade. I, I, I don't get it. Uh, it's not resonating with me. I love Eddie Kingston. I had a chance to interview him before. He's an awesome dude. I love watching him perform. He's a great Mike guy. He's awesome in the ring. Love that he's in AEW. All that. I just don't like this group. It's just random. Uh, I'd rather see the Lucha Brothers uh, split off and be singles performers because AEW needs more singles performers than tag teams. I mean, you, you could glow all you want about the tag team division, and God, that FTR summit was fucking brutal uh, last night. Like, <laughs> you, you know, it, it comes to certain parts where you start noticing why certain performers in WWE were not allowed to have creative freedom, freedom or the opportunity to cut promos because I don't know what the hell that was. Like, Tully, Tully was the best part of that segment. Have Tully cut the promos and keep and have a freaking muzzle around Scott Dawson's mouth, please, for the love of God. Um, so. Yeah, like, Jericho and Hager being in the tag division does nothing for me. Absolutely nothing. Get Jericho off of TV, please, for the love of God. Let's finish the stuff I did like on the show really quick. I like, like like I said, I liked the TNT title match. I really enjoyed that match. I also liked uh, Matt Hardy's promo. Matt Hardy's going to take some time to get healthy, and maybe when he comes back, he get a chance to... Um, Go after some titles, so it was nice to hear Matt Hardy on the show, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, I thought the backstage vignettes for AEW this week were pretty good, outside of the one where the Young Bucks super kicked Alec Marvez for absolutely no reason, because, hey, the the funny Robux, the phone, the, not the funny, the phony Robux, how about that? <laughs> um... You got Road Warrior Buck, you got Balding Buck, uh, two insecure dudes... Uh, and now they're going to show everybody the true colors. Oh, big shocker. The Young Bucks and everybody for the Elite are true heels. Shocker. The biggest revelation <laughs> part of the pun in professional wrestling. Uh, wasn't that the tagline that Tully used the other, the, the other night too? Fear the revelation. My revelation is that this show fucking sucks. <laughs> How about that, pal? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, let's see. We're going to wrap it up with this. And this really sucks because I'm a big fan of this dude. I, I've been a big fan of Rusev for a long time. Love his Twitch channel. I got to see the clip where he just absolutely demolished Meltzer, which was absolutely awesome. And I'm happy he's in AW. So, I, if, Miro, if you're listening to this, I don't want this to be misconstrued towards you specifically as you as a performer or you as a person. Because I'm a fan of you. And I'm happy that you're in AW. And I think you're going to do a great job. So I want to make that perfectly clear. But, I'm going to say this. 
And this goes out to anybody else that gets signed to new companies uh, or, or got released from the WWE. I, it just has to be said. It, the only thing you have to make people have sympathy for you is going by the CM Punk brass ring trope. You're not creative enough. And what do I mean by that? When CM Punk first initially was talking about how he was being held back by the powers of being, the glass ceiling, and brass rings, that was cool because it was real. But guess what the problem was, guys? When you're still doing that in 2020, that CM Punk brass ring trope where you're held back and the company didn't see anything in you and you're held back by creative and uh, you have no chance to reach your full potential. Guess what? That trope was cool nine years ago. Nine years ago. Like I said, I'm not going to come on here and scream today. I have no, I have no energy for it, and it would be, it would come off as disingenuous, and I'm not going to be disingenuous. I'm at the point where I'm just indifferent towards AEW because, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, what about their programming is must see. And when you have a new performer that's coming in, and he cuts the same exact promo that every performer in this pandemic has cut since they got released by the WWE, why should I care about you? Let your fucking work speak for yourself. I think Jim Cornette was right. (laughs) If somebody actually showed Vince McMahon... A, uh, any episode of Dynamite, or even All Out, even if it's for 5 to 10 minutes, Vince McMahon would be laughing his ass off. He would. And I wouldn't blame him either. I'm happy he's in AEW. I like watching him wrestle. I think he's a tremendous performer. I, I think he does a great job on Twitch. I really do. I, I, I'm a big fan of Miro. But I was really disappointed with the whole brass ring thing. Because, yeah, is it true that he was held back and he could have been a world champion? Sure, obviously. But so what? What are you going to do about it? Like, every time I hear this, oh, this brass ring, and you can take this brass ring and show it up your ass, or Cody smashes the throne. You you want to know what my reaction to, towards it? I do the, the like the little jiffy you have like Scott Hall does with the fingers like ooh oh I'm so offended oh I'm so scared like it has absolutely no feet it has it doesn't resemble anything with me it does I don't resonate with it I don't think it's interesting it doesn't make me get more giddy inside to see you perform I, it just does absolutely nothing for me so um, you gotta maximize your first impressions. And if the first impression is that, okay, I'm Miro, I got an awesome Gucci shirt, the the blonde hair, this is all cool. And my way to gain sympathy for everybody is, oh, uh, I was held back, the brass rings, glass ceilings, blah, 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 blah. Like, what what does that do for you? Why should I care about you going forward? Because you're the best man of Time's New Roman Font's wedding that's probably going to shit the bed too? <laughs> so, on that note, that's been what the hell is wrong with AEW. 
I'm going to wrap up the show this week by answering a couple of your questions uh, that I've submitted on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. As always, if you have questions for me, uh, you could send them at the Hoots Podcast, excuse me, or at um, the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. If you have a question or suggestion or any thoughts on the show, send it there or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And I'll always, uh, always sound to hear your guys' thoughts. So. Uh, the questions that came in this week came from the good brother, um, Chris Zuletta, uh, good brother who checks out the TBD wrestling podcast and new J new age insiders. Uh, great guy. You can follow him on Twitter, by the way, that at X team Zuletta 24 X on Twitter. Um, great dude. Uh, it's been a lot of fun getting to talk to him over the last couple of months. Uh, so first question for Chris says, who should be the next head coach for the Bulls, 76ers, and Pelicans? I can't give you the Pelicans because I don't know where they're going with their franchise, but I have a good feeling that uh, Imi Idoka will be the uh, next head coach for the 76ers, and I think Billy Donovan will be the next head coach for the Chicago Bulls. Um who should be Finn Balor's next opponent be? And what do you think about Walter and Pete Dunn? Um, that's a good question. I'd probably say Tommaso Ciampa would be the guy to uh, feud with Finn Balor for the NXT title. That would probably be my pick because I, I just like that pairing of Finn Balor and Ciampa. And I think that I think we have some really good matches. So uh, I'll be down for that. Uh, as far as Pete Dunne and Walter is concerned, look, I, I am the biggest NXT UK mark in the world. Probably outside of Jonathan Hood. Uh, yeah, I love my Carter, yeah. <laughs> Oliver Carter, yeah. Uh, Dave Massif, yeah. Eddie, Eddie Dennis. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm a big fan of Walter and Pete Dunn. I'm all in on Imperium. Walter is one of the best world champions in the world right now. It sucks that I haven't been able to see him perform due to this pandemic. But guess what, folks? A week from today, as I'm recording this on Thursday, NXT UK is back, and I can't freaking wait. The best commentary duo in all of wrestling right now is Vic... Uh, my bad. It's uh, Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness. And it's NXT UK, and I can't freaking wait to watch NXT UK again starting next Thursday. All right, next question. Where do you see Jeff Cobb signing with long term? I see Jeff Cobb doing a couple more years with um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and then uh, probably get signed by NXT. So that's that'd be my trajectory for Jeff Cobb. And then here we go. What do you think of wrestling companies collaborating and doing business together? I have no problem with collaboration. I think it should be embraced to have other wrestling companies work with each other because it's better for the overall betterment of the business. Um, you know, getting to see having like I thought it was really cool when Impact and Lucha Underground had like their battles for the WrestleMania weekend shows. I thought that was awesome. Uh, I think more companies should work with each other. Obviously, WWE's not going to do that, um, nor do they have to. But if AEW wants to have a partnership with uh, NWA or even uh, New Japan, I think that would be good for their product. And I'm down for seeing more collaboration with the actual pro wrestling companies. And um, we'll see what happens there. So 
Chris, I want to thank you so much, brother, for sending out the questions. It really means a lot to me. I appreciate it. Last thing I wanted to mention here as we get out for the podcast this week is the start of the 2020 NFL season. And I'll tell you guys right now, okay? You guys want to know my prediction for the Chicago Bears this season? Well, pal, my prediction for the 2020 Bears is 10 and 6. That's right. 10 and 6 is my record for Chicago Bears. On that note, I want to thank you guys so much for checking out episode 222 of the Hoops Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast right now so you never miss an episode. Leave us a four or five star rating on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast from. Make sure to follow Brother Carter on Twitter at Derek Stein or Derrico06, by the way, on Instagram. Make sure to support the TVD Wrestling Podcast. Shout out to the good brother Anthony DeStefano. He's going to be coming on this podcast later on this month as our specialty month. Uh, Podcast continues our series on breaking down the world of wrestling media through the eyes of wrestling content creators. Uh, I'm looking forward to having Ant on the show again. I'm, this going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be doing that on September 30th. So be on the lookout for that. And shout out to Phil. And shout out to the beautiful Issa as well. Uh, support TVD. Support New Age Insider. Support uh, Ramp Foundation. And shout out to the Three Count Thursday podcast as well. And... The best wrestling podcast in the world, Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. I want to thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Who's Podcast. I'm on Instagram at JoshyLopez94. Make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And we got the G1 coming up uh, soon. And I'll have all those articles done for you on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And my final send-off message for this week's podcast, it, it goes like this. Okay? It's a positive quote. And it's something you guys should really think about, okay? Forgive yourself first. Release the need to replay a negative situation over and over again in your mind. Don't become a hostage to your past by always reviewing and reliving your mistakes. Don't remind yourself of what should have, could have, or would have been. Release it and let it go. Move on. By Les Brown. On that note, I am Josh Lopez. I hope you have a wonderful week. And make sure to be the authentic product that is yourself. I love you guys. Thank you guys for support. We're 10,000 listeners away from reaching 200,000 on Anchor. You guys are fucking awesome. I love you guys for that. So thank you guys so much for checking out the show. And back here next week on the Hoots Podcast. And right now, let's hear it and transition to the thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man. And now... The Thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the part of your week that makes you feel alive. It is The Thoughts of Derrico, featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. What? I know I say this every week, but what a week it's been. So much to talk about. And we really, well... Say that, but we really do have a lot to talk about. Not as much as in other weeks, but we do have a lot to talk about. Before getting into the wrestling content, I want to talk about the big news or give my thoughts on the big news. Or in my opinion, the big news story of the week, which is the edicts coming from WWE and Vince McMahon saying that professional wrestlers cannot use third-party 
cannot use third party vendors or third party services to make some additional income. Uh, I guess this all sp- uh, came from Lana doing a commercial that Vince McMahon was not happy about, and then he made this edict to everybody, and that included people using their Twitch streams uh, to make content that way and all that sort of stuff. Now, he has since rescinded on that and said they can use third-party services to try to make some additional income, but they can't use their WWE names, which, by and large, I think that's been happening in most cases. I don't know if that's happening with AJ Styles and Adam Cole on their Twitch channels, but... To me, when I okay, so I gotta say, when I first heard the story, I thought it was completely ridiculous, especially with the global pandemic. You know, a lot of people's incomes have been cut because of not being able to do a bunch of live shows, not being able to sell merchandise, that sort of thing, and they need to find ways to generate some additional income. Plus, these third-party systems, especially on the video gaming and Twitch and stuff like that, is a cool and kick-ass way for the wrestlers to continue to connect with their fans in in new ways. And I think that's absolutely awesome that they do that. I've checked out Adam Cole's gaming stream. It's awesome. I've checked out AJ Styles' gaming stream. It's awesome. Uh, at some point, I'll check out um, Kip Sabian and Miro to check that out just to make sure that I'm not biased towards one company. I want to check it out, but I, I hope that they can continue to do that and provide that contact. It's done really, really well for Up, Up, Down, Down and Xavier Woods, who of course goes by Austin Creed on Up, Up, Down, Down. I think that's probably why Vince said it was okay, was because he just is using the Up, Up, Down, Down model and Xavier Woods, or uh, Austin Creed as opposed to Xavier Woods, but and they all have nicknames on the show. So... I, I hope that that continues to go forward because that's really just a great way for them, the wrestlers, to continue to connect with their fans. Okay, let's get into the actual wrestling this week. I'm going to start with SmackDown. Paul Heyman, in my mind, continues to be an absolute legend. I, I, I just love what he is doing with 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 the promos with Roman Reigns and all that stuff. I think it's absolutely awesome. Um, I'm just... Just, I think it's just absolutely terrific what he's doing with all that stuff. Uh, you know, he's continues to reinvent himself, cut amazing promos. Roman Reigns, just short, sweet to the point in his promo. I thought that was absolutely awesome. So happy to see Heyman back on TV. Happy to see Roman Reigns on TV with the Universal Champion. I with the Universal Championship belt. I think this is going to be absolutely incredible. Also, hell yeah, Jay Uso, that's badass, man. Jay Uso is getting a shot at the Universal Championship, and I think that is freaking awesome. He's been with the company for a long time, is a well-established performer, great on the mic, great in the ring. I, I, you know, it just you've, you've got a storyline that writes itself with uh, you know keeping it in the family and all that stuff. So obviously Roman Reigns is going to win at Clash of Champions, but still, hell yeah, Jay Uso, that's badass. Congratulations on him getting the opportunity to compete for a major championship. In WWE, I think that's great. The other big news, of course, is SmackDown is Bailey turning on Sasha. I knew, I figured it was going to be Bailey that was going to turn. Um, I thought they could delay it for a little bit longer. I'm happy to see how it turns. Uh, I'm happy to see the turn happening. I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. Uh, I'm going to write an opinion piece about this probably on the weekend. We'll see what happens with SmackDown this week. But I believe that Bailey and Sasha does not need to be for a title. I think that Sasha should be should sit out for a long time. You know, come back around Royal Rumble time or something like that. Cost Bailey the SmackDown Women's Championship, and then it just sets up a grudge match and just a huge hell of feud going into WrestleMania. Just these two women beating the holy hell out of each other every single week. 
leading up into WrestleMania. That's how I think it should play out because, again, the title's a prop. You don't need it. So I, that's how I really think it's going to play out. That's how it should play out. Very curious to see how that's going to how that's going to happen. Switching gears to Raw, I thought Raw was an okay show this week. Not, I mean, nothing spectacular. The, the matches were okay. The best part about Raw this week, in my opinion, the final match, Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. I'm sorry, versus Murphy. Dominic Mysterio versus Murphy. Unbelievable. Dominic Mysterio is amazing. He he might win Rookie of the Year. Like, seriously. His Ever since SummerSlam, his matches have been on point. That flip that he did outside of the ring, slamming Murphy into the table, that was awesome. Mysterio's, what, early 20s, and he's already this athletic in the ring. Now, obviously, he's not moving as fast, and you can tell he's still a little bit green and still has some things to work out, but my goodness... His future is incredibly bright, and I cannot wait to see what they do with him going forward. Um, last thing, I'm going to mention a good thing about AEW in this segment, and really that's... Okay, you know, I'll talk about All Out just a little bit. I'm going to talk about the positive things. I'm going to save the negative my negative things about AEW in another segment. Well, I'm not sure if it's airing before this segment or after this segment, but... Some things I enjoyed about All Out. Um, MJF continues to be the best part of AEW. He is the future of the company. He is by far, head and shoulders, the best part about AEW. And I know we say that every week, but I just can't say enough amazing things about MJF and what he brings to the table. He's absolutely incredible. He is the future of that company. Um, I enjoyed the women's match between um, Thunder Rosa and Akari Shida. Probably the best women's match in AEW history. Really enjoyed that, and both just incredible performers. So I, 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 I thought that was really great. I enjoyed the tag team title match between Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, F- and FTR. Glad to see FTR win the titles. Um, I definitely think Hangman Page and Kenny Omega should have a feud with each other. They're both single stars. I, I, I think the world of Hangman Adam Page... I think that he is a superstar as well. Uh, that that buckshot lariat that he does is just an incredible finishing maneuver. So, big fan of Hangman Adam Page. I definitely am looking forward to seeing him and Kenny Omega have a feud at some point in the future. And that's really all I've got to say about All Out. The rest of the stuff I'm going to say in another segment. But uh, And that's going to conclude the thoughts of Derrico for this week. My final thought of the week the NFL season is finally back. Let's hope that they stay healthy, stay in the bubble, take their tests, just like everybody should be out there doing, wearing their masks. And then my final thought to say about that is, as always, who dat, who dat, who dat say they're going to beat them Saints. This has been The Thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.